It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. A fracas, a kerfuffle, a brawl, a melee. A fight broke out at the end of Bengals-Rams joint practice number two. We'll break it down, plus everything else that happened. Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Neither of us are going to fight you today, but there was a fight in the second of two joint practices between the Bengals and the Rams. The Bengals' first-team offense getting into it with the Rams' first-team defense. We'll break that down, plus everything else that happened in training camp's practice on Thursday, in addition to things to watch for in the final preseason game. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network bringing you free and a free and available on every platform coverage of your Cincinnati Bengals every day. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit that follow button. We appreciate all of you who make us your first listen. We're going to start with the fight, James. Of course, we're going to start with the fight. And there were multiple little kerfuffles, little scuffles, whatever you want to call it. Skirmishes. Skirmishes, All sorts of synonyms that we can use. Mm-hmm. A lot of them involving uh, right tackle Lel Collins getting into it with Leonard Floyd, who has Not taken the social them. media. Two Not a lot of them, them, from what I understand. All of them. All of, All of them. them. Okay. There you go. Go ahead. Keep going. I thought it was only the first two, and the last one was kind of everybody, but they all precipitated from nope. Leonard Floyd getting into it with Collins on the right side of the Bengals' offensive line. It culminated in Aaron Donald wielding not one but two Bengals' helmets as weapons. Mm-hmm swinging Mm -hmm. one of them in particular violently in the middle of a mass of football players, which you obviously hate to see. You can't use football helmets as weapons. They're very dangerous. Luckily, it sounds like, as far as we know at the time of this recording, which is about 5.30 Eastern time on Thursday, there weren't any injuries coming out of this particular fight, but it's scary stuff. It's also... Worth noting, I guess, that Lyle Collins threw a Rams helmet at Leonard Floyd. So helmets use as weapons both ways. Maybe Donald's is more severe. It's, it's pretty easy to argue that using a helmet and swinging it the way he did is more dangerous than throwing it. But either mm. is not a great move and not really what you want to see toward the end of these joint practices. No, you didn't want to see it. Uh, it had built up throughout the day and Leonard Floyd and Lyle Collins got into it twice and then the third time they got into it punches were thrown and it was straight up you know a boxing match for a second there and i know floyd uh threw a couple i think collins threw a couple i don't know if they actually connected uh i don't remember any actually connecting um but neither one had helmets near them and then just all out brawl started and and you're right the aaron donald in the middle of it swinging helmets and then gets shoved down and literally rolls over on his back up to his feet like that's how hard he got shoved so someone must have got him 
pretty good there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's not what you want to see. I also don't think anyone got hurt. The helmet part of it, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that say, well, Aaron Donald should be suspended. Um, I'll break the news right now and I'll give I'd be shocked. I'd be so shocked. I was going to say built bars for every listener, but that's a lot of listeners. So I'm not going to go that far. Um, he's not going to get suspended because the Rams handle that. Just like Lel Collins isn't going to get suspended because the Bengals handle that. This is practice. This isn't a Miles Garrett situation. This isn't, you know, Andre Johnson, Cortland Finnegan from way back in the day where they're throwing. It's not like that. This isn't AJ Green, Jalen Ramsey. It's practice. And so teams handle it. There's no way in hell the Rams are going to suspend Aaron Donald, and there's no way the Bengals would suspend Lyle Collins, and they shouldn't. They got heated. It got heated in practice. All right, that's the risk of a joint practice. Neither guy's playing on Saturday. Doesn't matter anyways. Um, so I think that's kind of where you leave it. Um, at the same time, looking at it, you're right. Someone could have gotten hurt. Someone could have gotten injured. This could have been much more dangerous. I mean, there were guys at the bottom of that pile. I think at one point Collins might have been at the bottom of that pile. And when you're talking about cleats and equipment and 300-pound guys and 250-pound or 200-pound guys that are really, really strong and freakish, well, fingers can get broken. Wrists can get stepped on. Just things like that where injuries can occur that are really weird that suddenly you look up and the season's two weeks away and now it, it, it's going to impact your season. So hopefully nothing stems from this for either team because I thought they did both get really good work in and it was a really competitive session again on Thursday. And it just, you know, kind of reached its boiling point and that happens. It's fine. You know, we've all gotten into to fights and scuffles or whatever you want to say, uh, you know, while playing sports, it, it happens. And as long as everybody's healthy, you're like, dodge a bullet and let's keep it moving. Yeah. You would think after yesterday's reports of a very polite practice by all <laughs> accounts that, that it may be, wouldn't have gotten to this point. And there weren't any issues on the Bengals defense, Rams offense side of the field, no. as far as I understand it. This all there is weren't. really coming from two guys, Leonard Floyd and, and Lyle Collins. And I suppose <clears> it's <throat> worth mentioning here that Lyle Collins had a relatively rough day at the office out there, mm -hmm. often going against Leonard Floyd, who's been a pretty good pass rusher for the Rams. I think 20 sacks over the last two years. So has been productive and, has has done his career some favors and so not great for Collins in terms of his on-field performance sounds like he got a little bit frustrated but it, it doesn't necessarily sound like it was him just losing that led to the fight so don't don't get that mm -mm. I guess mixed up it was it was just he also had a relatively tough day particularly in task pass protection yeah, there were times when he he got beat. Um, and I, I think, look, this is a second team session. So that's right. part of it. And, you know, he also won his fair share. But could the frustrations be part of it? They could. Uh, I was also tagged in a clip from, I believe it was last year's joint practices, right. Cowboys-Rams. Mm -hmm. And Leonard Floyd went up against two, Lyle Collins. So maybe there's history there that, I you know, we're, we're not necessarily aware of um, where they could get into it a bit. So... That's the other part of it is you, you never know what's been boiling, what, what's been there in the past. Um, but look, these couple of days for Lyle, I mean, it's a, the two toughest days of practice that he's going to have. But it's going to get him ready and help him get ready for week one because he needs to be firing on all cylinders 
by the time the the Steelers roll into town. Because last I checked, that defense is pretty good. That defensive front's pretty good for Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, this is uh, is this was a good test. I'm not panicking when it comes to Lyle Collins or anything like that. Did he have his best day on Thursday? No, um, but. The, the offense as a whole, I think, got off to a slow start. We can get into some of that in a bit. But overall, brawl-wise, um, you, you've seen some of the videos. That, that that's It's not like guys were super hurt, super injured, anything like that. So it could have been worse. I'm glad it wasn't. Uh, I wish I was allowed to take video because it might have been a little more clear than the one that came from the uh, friends and family tent Thanks mm-hmm. to whoever took that, because that went viral, <laughs> of course, because it's the lone piece of footage that, that it was taken and, and that people have. So uh, at least that that's there to give us some context, because I was just stuck taking pictures and they only tell a, a certain amount of story, even though I will say this: Sam Green of the Enquirer mm-hmm. killed it. His pictures. Have you seen those? Yep. He tweeted them out. I know they're on IG, too. They're uh, they're pretty awesome. So Sam killed it. Yeah, some some intimidating looking shots of Aaron Donald after he was pushed to the ground. So out of context, but still cool photos nonetheless for, for the massive Aaron Donald. I think it might've been Ted Karras after some Zapruder film studying Zapruder quality film. Anyway, it's a little that bit grainy. Him? It might've been Karras. I, I, I think Thad that. Moss was in the mix as well. Thad Moss mm-hmm. didn't have his helmet because Aaron Donald had his helmet. That was the one that I think that was being used as a weapon. And I believe Thad Moss, a player without his helmet on who, I believe was that Moss was was right there as well. So Moss was in the mix as well, in case anyone was curious. If anyone has a done a better frame-by-frame job of, of breaking it down to, to try to figure out who it was, uh, do let us know. He also, Donald, might have tripped over somebody on his way down, but either way, he got tossed at the end of things. And so uh, plenty of other notes to talk about, right, James? We, we did have a football mm-hmm. practice, most of a football <laughs> practice, in fact. I was lamenting the, the lost reps until Zach Taylor was quoted as saying, you know, we had a handful of reps left at that yeah. point anyway. Things were really winding down. So not a whole lot of practice time lost, plenty of practice time to talk about, and we'll break that down coming up next. But first, a word from Dave, because level with me, we've all been in a situation where we needed a little bit more cash, where you get a little tight on money, and, well, you need to pay this, or you need to make ends meet somehow, some way. Well, Dave is the banking help that can get you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank. Buy a wedding gift. Catch up on bills. There's no interest. No credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need. And you can too by downloading the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Future you will thank you with Dave. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, I I think when we look back at these practices, the, the fight will probably take the headline. But for the team, 
it's just been a valuable learning experience, I think. Getting the offensive line together for the first time for two practices against a really good defensive line where Leonard Floyd created problems, of course. Aaron Donald created problems at times in, in multiple ways, unfortunately. And there were still some highlights for the offense. So, James, let's start there. A big, deep pass for Jamar Chase. It would have been a touchdown on a go route, I believe. Some success in seven-on-seven seven, certainly as well. But it, it sounds like pass protection was a little inconsistent. Well, yeah, it was inconsistent. And that's this Rams defensive front. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be tough, you know, to keep Burrow upright and keep him, uh, you know, in the pocket at least. He did a good job of avoiding sacks and, and obviously he's not getting hit, but he was rolling out. He made a lot of throws on the run, though, and that's certainly something that stood out on Thursday. Uh, but you mentioned the deep ball to Chase. That was certainly the highlight, and that's where the first skirmish happened, by the way, because Burrow, good protection, launches the ball deep to Chase. Chase makes the catch, streaking down the far sideline. Would have been six. He would have been doing the gritty, and Leonard Floyd and Lyle Collins dust up. They're getting into it, and I actually think that was one of the reps where Collins won because it was away from the line of scrimmage, not in the backfield. So what I would imagine is is Collins and won the rep, and then they continued to get into it as the ball was launched downfield. Obviously, my focus switched to, to Jamar Chase and, and to see if he was going to score or not. I think it would have been a 75 to 80-yard touchdown. I couldn't see exactly where the line of scrimmage was, 20 or the 25. Um, but that would have been a score, and it was the biggest play of the day on the offense. Um, but yeah, the offensive line certainly at times it struggled to, to maintain and keep Burrow upright. And so that's going to be a concern throughout. Uh, I'll say this, and I tweeted this a couple pictures because again, no video of Jonah Williams and Cordell Volson handling a stunt that involved Aaron Donald. And they did it well. And I took two pictures and, and posted them. And, and that's the thing is watching one-on-ones, I thought Jonah won uh, his reps, Cordell Volson won his reps. And throughout the team period in general, I was really looking at 67 again because we talked to him before practice and he's talking about consistency and consistency with his hands and different footwork and things like that. I thought he had a really good practice and he's going up against a good defensive front, great defensive front. And I, I thought he held his own and then some. So, um, don't look now, but he took every first team rep today, did did so yesterday, 67 snaps against the Giants. I think he's going to play on Saturday, uh, although it, th- that's the thing. Let me ask you, what do you think? And we're going to get to Saturday. Do you play Cordell Volson a ton just to get him reps? or Because he's going to start. I don't know how you would start Jackson Carmen at this stage. He hasn't gotten a first team rep in over a week. It kind of feels like he still would benefit from reps. This is similar to, you know, Jackson Carmen last year when it was expected that he was going to start at some point in the preseason. He was still playing. He still had work to do. Cordell Volson still has work to do. And so the history of this front office with linemen or, or young players in general who they feel still have work to do is that they'll probably get some preseason run in this game. That would be my general thoughts is maybe maybe it's a half i maybe it's not quite a half maybe it's a quarter maybe it's a couple series but i do kind of get the uh the feeling from the staff just judging from their history what they would normally do in this situation that volson even if he is the starter even if the competition Mm -hmm. is over which 
it could be all but over at this point. Certainly, he would still play a little bit. Yeah, it, and, and so maybe a little bit, I'm fine with that. I wouldn't be playing him into the third quarter again and doing all that. Like you, you saw it. You gave him the audition, 67 reps. You've seen the good and bad. You've got two days of practice film now against the Rams in, in a really, you know, comp- really competitive environment. So to me, you either know or if you don't know, then you might know the other way too, right? So, um, but I, I thought Wilson played pretty well today. I thought Jonah Williams was was good and overall didn't notice him much. But that's a tough defensive front. You're going to have miscues. You're going to have misfires. Um, I also thought T struggled a little bit today. A couple balls bounced off his hands um, that I, you would anticipate him catching. Um, but that's look. That's part of it. Is is I think this offense is trying to get in sync and going up against the defense like that. Uh, given the offensive line just started playing together, given that Joe Burrow just came back, all of these things are tied in. I would anticipate the Rams to, to win their fair share. And I, I think if you combine the two days, the Rams defense probably won over the Bengals offense, even though the Bengals offense did produce some big plays. And on the other side of the field or on the other field, the Bengals defense had Literally. a much better day on on Thursday as well, is, is my understanding of events. Mm-hmm. And you know, listening to Chidobe Abuzie, for example, talking about things. This is his first joint practice ever. He wasn't sure what to expect at first. He thought it would be a little bit awkward. But once they got going, he started to feel more comfortable. He said, you know, now we know what to expect. We can hit the ground running tomorrow. And it mm-hmm. was better for the defense on Thursday. And it wasn't even bad for the defense on Wednesday, just to, just to make sure that that is clear. Sean McVay mm-hmm. has spent quite a bit of airtime himself talking about how good this defense can be for the Bengals and how much he he respects what Lou Anarumo does with the variance and, and uh, adaptable. That's the word I was looking for. Adaptable approach uh, for, for the offenses that the Bengals go against. Yeah. It, look, uh, they, they got off to a slow start on Wednesday. That was the theme talking uh, to a few players in the locker room before Thursday's session was, all right, we got to get off to a faster start on defense. They ended fast, or, or they ended exactly how they wanted to, and it, they picked up and, you know, they had the momentum at the end of Wednesday's practice, ending with that interception especially, but even plays leading up to that. But they wanted to get off to a faster start, and I thought they did that from what I saw. I saw a bunch of passes defensed. I, I thought that this secondary was flying around. Um, I didn't notice a ton of pressure, uh, I'll say that, but – Again, I'm splitting time, and once things started to get frosty between Lyle Collins and uh, and Leonard Floyd, I had to stick to the offense because I knew that there was a chance that this happens. If I'm watching the defense and I'm over by the defense, I completely missed the brawl altogether. So I didn't get to pay attention to the defense as much as I wanted today. Um, but, yeah, talking to people that and, and others that were writing uh, or, or writers that were over there, they, uh, they all seemed to think that the defense um, – not only held their own, but won the day. So that's good. And that's kind of how these practices should be. Much like early in camp when we say, oh, the defense wins the day. Well, it's early in in the games, right? It's early in these practices. The offense is tinkering and doing things. And so it's uh, it's good to see that the defense on both sides won the day because they should be two of the top defenses in the NFL. You know, Rams are expecting probably to be a top five defense. I expect the Bengals to be at least a top 10 defense. So they, they should be successful uh, and win their fair share against these offenses. 
Yeah. And there are, of course, silver linings in all of this. There's still some successes on the offensive side of the ball for the Bengals. There, there are successes on the defensive side. There's good work for, you know, guys like Trey Hendrickson, Cam Sample, who Lou Anarumo uh, joked about, you know, yeah, we're going to get some pressure if we can stay on sides at the end of Wednesday's practice when apparently there were like five offsides penalties called or, or maybe four <laughs> offsides penalties called on the Bengals defense. So little, little things to clean up, but regardless, it's a lot of good film. James, you talked about this. Brian Callahan had a chance to call plays as I understand it on Wednesday as well, which is a fun opportunity for him in camp. And, and so a lot of good experience for these players, for these coaches, good things that they can take back and, and break down on film because the Rams, of course, know how to defend the Bengals. They spent two weeks preparing for it for the Super Bowl. They're very familiar with the roots of Zach Taylor's system. And so they're, they're really good notes for the Bengals to take away from this exposure to a different style of defense and some adaptations. They can make some things that they can prepare for going into the regular season, which comes right after this final preseason game which won't feature any of the players that we've talked about today but we will break down what to watch for in the Bengals preseason finale coming up next maybe you think it's going to be Bengals Rams in Super Bowl 57 a rematch that'd be kind of fun can you imagine those storylines Jake well if you think think that's going to be the case or you're bullish on the Bengals or you think Joe Burrow is going to win MVP this year well you need to get the bet online because bet online is a one-stop shop for all your betting needs it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on NHL Major League Baseball NFL NBA combat sports esports even golf in one spot they're the top online resource and you can start wagering today by signing up for free at bet online use your mobile device or pc laptop to sign up learn more about all the action happening today bet online where the game starts if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft if you want to know who your favorite nfl team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on nfl scouting available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day one more preseason game. Then we get to talk about football that counts. I love talking about football either way. So I'm still excited for this preseason game. We're going to get to see some guys fighting for roster spots from Kendrick Pryor and Kwame Lasseter to, I think Thaddeus Moss still has some work to do for the Bengals to feel like he's yeah. a viable tight end three with them going forward with the assumption that Drew Sample will be ready for week one, we'll see guys like Raymond Johnson III, Tyreekus Tisdale, Jeff Gunter, Noah Spence with Khaled Kareem again missing practice on Thursday. Those guys trying to show that they deserve a roster spot on the defensive side of the ball. Plenty to watch for. And let's maybe start where we usually finish and, and start with the specialist. James, as much as I know you love your skill players. Uh, some interesting comments recently from Darren Simmons about Drew Crispin and the things they think they can develop with him. And while Kevin Huber may have had a better day on Wednesday, according to some reports that I've seen, that competition may be leaning in Drew Crispin's favor. And 
could come down to this final preseason game. Yeah, I, I was actually in the, the scrum with Darren Simmons. I don't know why you would think that right now um, because I think it's 50-50 and it's going to come down to that final preseason game. I don't think there is a lean. Like I, I talked about it a couple days ago. Like I have no – maybe it was last week. I don't know. They all bleed together on one of our shows over the past couple of weeks in camp about I, I have no idea how to handicap this competition. I think the Bengals are still deciding. And it's one of two things. One, they're both really good at holding, so that is a borderline wash at this stage. He has more experience, but you know, but Drew Christman's been great at, as a, a holder for Evan McPherson. Um, so it comes down to: Do you want Kevin Huber and his ability to kick directionally and punt directionally and be confident, knowing where he's going to try to put the ball that it's going to be there, or do you want that booming leg that that Drew Christman has? He's more powerful, but he certainly doesn't have the ability to um, direct it like Kevin Huber does. Now, and this is the part which would lean to what you just said, Darren Simmons did say that part can be taught to a degree. You can groom it. You can develop it. So it really, to me, is going to come down to can Drew show enough development, show enough growth um, to where it's like, okay, there's something with this kid. It's not just big leg we can get that part out of him because yeah, I mean, skill positions aside and I think six receivers are already decided. I don't know who the punter is going to be. So what am I looking for on Saturday? I know Kwame Lasseter is still probably on the outside looking in Kendrick Pryor is probably on the outside looking in. People are going to be like, I can't believe it. I I think that's probably the case right now because on paper, they're probably kicking, uh, keeping six receivers and we'll talk about it after Saturday's game. Um, so if they're only keeping six, those guys are on the outside looking in. Well, we know they're only keeping one punter, and both guys are are neck and neck right now. And so will Chrisman punt the whole time? Will they let Kevin punt a couple of times? I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of punts on Saturday. I think it's going to be a lot of handoffs. I think both coaches are going to say, hey, let's get to the regular season. <laughs> let's give these running backs and keep this clock running. Um, third and third and eight, we're, we're going to run it. I wouldn't, would not shock me if we saw that a little bit, even though these offensive coaches like to throw it. I don't know, man. The Bengals have hit the over in, in their two preseason games so far. The third and, one's different though. The third I, one's I different. know. I'm just saying like, if, if you're not necessarily expecting any of these guys to make the team, you might as well see what you got. Although the Bengals might be thin at a few spots. And, and this is probably something to watch for as well, particularly in the defensive backfield where this is what I think makes it hard for them to keep a seventh receiver, even if they really like Kendrick Pryor and Kwame Lasseter. Because if Cam Taylor Britt needs to carry a roster spot, which he almost certainly does, like they're not going to put him on season-ending IR for the core muscle procedure that he went through, the core muscle injury that he's dealing with, mm-hmm. they probably need somebody in that spot. So Eli Apple, Jadobe Abuzier, Mike Hilton, locks. Trey, Trey Flowers, I think a lock. Jalen Davis, I think, is backing up slot corner. Do they go with just five guys? Do they carry a sixth into the regular season? I think they would. And when I say a sixth, I mean a seventh because Cam Taylor Britt is one of those roster spots as well. So if Alan George, for example, who I would think would be the leader currently for for the seventh corner for this last piece of depth at cornerback is somebody they want to keep because, you know, with Jesse Bates' absence, maybe they did want to get Dax Hill run at outside corner to see if he could do that job if they needed him to to come in and be a backup. Hasn't had that opportunity a whole lot in, in training camp and in the preseason. So if they need to keep an extra corner, that makes it a little bit more difficult 
in other spots on the roster. I think you can also see some of this in the defensive trenches where the interior defensive line is looking a little bit thin for guys that they would want to carry to the 53 and the edge rusher spot may be looking a little bit deeper. And so you might see some imbalance there as well. And these imbalances will lead to potentially some guys not making the team that have had strong preseasons and strong training camps. Yeah. And and that's, we'll get the the final answers on Saturday with some of these guys, of course. Um, But, but yeah, looking at it, I I think at receiver, people are going to be upset. I'm telling you, I got another tweet today, you know, about Mike Thomas, the Mike Thomas love stop with the Mike Thomas love. I, I don't know what to tell people. I mean, he's he's going to be on the team. I mean, he's a good receiver. It's just in the Bengals like him and he's reliable and all of those things. Um, I think the defensive line room is going to be interesting. I think the offensive line room is going to be interesting. The, you know, the back end of that, which guys make it, how many do they keep, how many defensive linemen do they keep, uh, linebacker. I, I assume it's, it's, it's pretty simple there. Um, but Cam Taylor-Britt, I'll, I'll say this. I've seen him multiple days now, saw him walking out of the facility on Wednesday, saw him again on Thursday. Um, he was walking in with Eli Apple. Eli Apple, by the way, walking fine after having that quad drained. Zach Taylor said he was day-to-day. It seems like it's you know nothing serious, whatever it is. But uh, Cam Taylor-Britt is in the building. I think he's still got a good shot of being ready week one. And so we'll see. But, I mean, he's around, he's moving around, um, not participating in anything. I'm sure he is doing some type of workout, um, not necessarily, you know, heavy weights and things like that. But I'm sure he is getting getting a workout in. So we'll see there. But, yeah, that is, that's the part of it is if you need to put him on one of those lists, you're going to have to carry him over to the 53 and then do it. And, and so maybe they wait, and I think they are, the beauty of having Bates in the building but not, not putting him – uh, in, in having him count on the roster, he's exempt right now. Mm-hmm. You can do that, make the decision on the rest of the, the roster, maybe move a guy to one of those lists after ma- putting him on the 53, and then activate Jesse uh, to, to sneak a guy onto whatever list you need to. Yeah, there's certainly a little bit of flexibility with that, with Joe Batchy probably going to go onto the reserve pup list as well if they need yeah. another spot. He's not on the reserve pup list yet. So far, it's just... Uh, Brandon Wilson, who is on the reserve pup list, so he he could be activated as early as like week four if, if he's ready to go. But probably, I don't know. Let's not speculate, I guess, too much. But he is coming off of a pretty serious injury. But you know, the, you, you mentioned the depth on the offensive line, James. I do think that that is quite interesting. Jackson Carmen, I would assume, is going to play in this game. Deontay Smith, Devin Cochran, Nate Gilliam, Trey Hill. Desmond Noel, Hakeem Adenergy, but Isaiah Prince is injured. He's not going to play. Cordell Volson, we talked earlier. There's, I think he probably will start the game. I think he will too. I just think that they'll want to get him some additional reps. But is Lamont Gilliard practicing right now? I don't have believe you, have so. Have you seen him? So, I, I, so they're thin. Not that I was, not that I was looking, but yeah, you know, it's not like that was top of mind. Right, but, but no, they're they're potentially thin here. Is all I'm saying. Like a lot of these guys are going to have to play the full game. Trey Hill might have to play the full game. Jackson Carmen might have to play most of the game. Hakeem Adenergy, Deontay Smith might have to play most of the game. And honestly, especially Jackson Carmen, I think it would be good for him to play most yeah. of the game. Reps are you know, great. Get, 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 he, needs, he needs those reps. And mm. it'll give him a shot to actually show that he can be 
something is he LG too? Would they like in a game if Cordell Volson gets dinged up week one? Are they are they going to put Carmen in? Are they going to put Adenogy in? Are they going to put? I, I don't know. I just I'm just wondering. I openly wonder. It I seems know. like it's him. It might be Trey Hill. I mean, he's been getting the second team reps at left he, he guard has. this week. Yeah, but it but, could be Trey Hill. It could they, be Hakeem Adenogy. Yeah, I mean, you're not feeling super trust? confident. Exactly. So it, it's a chance for him if he is kind of put in that backup role, which feels like it. If I'm him, I'd want to play every. I'd want to start. I'd say sit Volza. I know that won't happen. Give me a, give me 67 snaps to show what I can do. You know, and and so we'll see. That is but that yeah. is certainly the kind of fire that we would like to see from Jackson Carmen. <laughs> that I, I don't think we've really seen thus far. Yeah, it, so that is something to watch, though. Like especially, man, the third and fourth quarters of this game is Jackson Carmen out there. How's he doing? Is he move? It, can he get the push for you know Jacquez Patrick in the in the red zone when needed, mm-hmm. or Tra- Travion Williams? You know, I mean that. I think that matters. So uh, that's the fun part. And the other part is I think like the Kwame Lassiter's and, and Kendrick Pryor's, I think it's going to be a lot of Jake Browning to those guys. Mm-hmm. It, it actually could be sort of entertaining still because those guys are pretty good. Pretty, yeah. pretty good. Should be fun to watch Kendrick Pryor, Kwame Lassiter. You mentioned Travion Williams and, and Patrick that there is a bit of a running back battle there. I don't think to make the 53, although I guess never say never. I think it would be for a practice squad spot where they favored Travion Williams in the past. And then tight end, you know, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Thaddeus Moss, I think, still needs to show something for them to feel comfortable about carrying him to the 53. At least I would think so. Maybe they're more confident in him than I am. But that is a spot where they could be looking externally at this point mm-hmm. as well and, and just say, you know, we need to get somebody else in here who has a little bit of experience, who can, who, who we feel more confident in you know, being a little bit more reliable. But we'll see what happens there. If he plays well, he, he could solidify his roster spot. Or, you know, I think they still really like Mitchell Wilcox if he can get healthy, if he can be healthy. And it has been a bit of a, a struggle for him at times. Any other wild cards you're interested in, James? I would like to see a 65-yard field goal this week that we were deprived of, deprived of seeing the attempt last week at the end of the game. What about you? Nah, I want to save that for the regular season. Okay. Um, because I, I want it to count. I want it to be the record. You know, like if, if he's going to do it, I want it to really count for it. So, sure. um, honestly, I'm, I'm looking at the punters. I think that's a, a really unique battle. Uh, Tyler Shelvin, mm-hmm. is there any hope? Is there any hope for Tyler Shelvin? Yeah, or does you one know? of those does does one of those Raymond Johnson the third Dominique Davis types show that they can play you know well enough in a couple spots to make them feel good about the interior I, depth without Shelvin? I I don't know. You know, yeah. but that's Tyler Shelvin's the fourth rounder, you know, so it's like, man, show us something, man. So, yeah, that, that's one. Jeff Gunter, you, you're going to get some heat this week uh, on, the, on the opposing quarterback. I think that's one to, to pay attention to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd like to see Zach Carter get home in, in yeah. a preseason game, too. Let's see a little bit more pressure from Zach Carter, who I think, again, I've, I've said a few times, has shown enough to, I believe he can be a nice rotational piece. He belongs in the NFL, but. Let's see him string some pass rush moves together and, and get home. That'd be fun. He he apparently did on Wednesday in practice. He had a nice day. So let's see that translate to a game for a little bit of an exclamation on the preseason, which has involved a lot of snaps for Zach Carter. I wouldn't be surprised if they scale him back a little bit because he will be part of this team. And I think he will be part of the rotation in the regular season. They might need to save a little bit of a tread on the tires there 
for Zach Carter, who's had a heavy snap count this preseason. We'll be back on Sunday morning with our post game. Sorry, I should say Sunday, not necessarily morning Sunday with our post game reaction. No post game on Saturday this week. We're sticking to our normal schedule. So look for our preseason wrap up episode. Then we'll get into 53 man roster projections before the cut down as well. And then we're on to the regular season, James. We'll have a little bit of a break in there, a little, a little weekend. And then week one will be here. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.